1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live
0: is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. For people that love to talk, this is a dream week for us here on Sabres Live. Extended shows. Instead of one hour, we got two each day. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. What with Marty... is
1: Tasker and Brownie doing to right now? They're supposed to be Feet up on
0: the set. Yes. Back in Orchard Park. <laughs> We've got Mike Kelly from NHL Network here as we roll on with our draft coverage from Nashville. Mike, great to see you. This is nice uh, a super fun time because there are so many directions. And yet, as we get set for the draft, there's always jockeying for you know, trades and, you know, acquiring picks. And obviously Kevin Weeks has just uh, broken some news that Kevin Hayes will, in fact, be going from Philadelphia to St. Louis. But at this point, uh, it's for a Blues 2024 sixth rounder and likely another component. So it's kind of like sports and life sometimes it doesn't go as expected, right? Like Philadelphia and St. Louis wanted a bigger deal, but yeah. it doesn't look like it's going to be a bigger deal right now.
2: Right, because of the Tory Krug and not waving the no move. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's really interesting. And I know, I think we should expect there to be movement ahead yeah. of the draft. ahead of a round one tomorrow. Um, I was on the red carpet last night uh, talking to Barry Trotz. So this isn't, you know, secret information. But he's like, I'm, we're trying to move up yeah. in the draft. But it's just it's difficult to do. Um, and then one of the other one of the other emerging rumors out there is the
0: fact that Seattle, along with Montreal and Toronto, are maybe the front runners for Norris winner Eric Carlson at this point in huh. time. So that's just another layer to all this. Like, are we going to see? I mean, Hayes is a big money guy yep. from a cap hit standpoint, but there are very few that are bigger than Eric Carlson. So if that domino falls, I mean, th- these, are, yeah. these are
2: shockwaves. On draft night, no so. question, and there's going to be a, I think, considerable salary retention in a Carlson trade, right? Fifty yeah. uh, percent, it should be a lot. um What teams could use them? Like, there's there's great fits there. Like, I. Is I
0: Florida I the best fit Carolina, based on their like, injury situation coming into the fall? You know, if you yeah. don't have healthy Montour and Eckblad, like is Carlson not the most logical? Like
1: yeah, Carlson's not so much of a rental. But it's, no, I know, it's, no, I know, but it, buy, price it, buys, right it <laughs> yeah. buys
0: you time yeah. in a market where you have just reestablished, they hope, some real hockey obsession based on going to the Stanley Cup final. But not only going there, going there on a way that earned tremendous respect from across the hockey world. It the also way,
1: depends on the return, right? Yeah, So of you course. took Kevin A's, and, and, and maybe you can speak more to that, Mike, but – I, I think Kevin Hayes still can be a productive player. Mm-hmm. But at $7.1 million, that's very expensive for right. a 45- to 50-point player. Yeah, um, is But when there, you're
0: getting it at half the price, which is what well, it looks like. Well,
1: 3.9 maybe, yeah. so there's some salary retention. And you're only giving up a six-round pick four. But, um, like, Kevin A's, do you think he can still perform and play at high level? And then also Eric Carlson. It was this year Eric Carlson, like, this is a one-off. It's never going to happen again. Or did you see trend with Carlson uh, that it may continue for two or three seasons?
2: I think more of that. Yes. Okay. And it, like it was the highest point total by a defenseman at his age ever. Right. Yeah. So it's an anomaly. It's an anomaly given his past few seasons, but like we had him on the NHL network a couple times as a guest and we'd talk about, you know, what happened, where'd this come from? Yeah. Um, health was a big thing. And, I think there's a mental component as well where you go through COVID and he's had some uh, things that he's gone through in recent years and he was able to get back home to Sweden. I think for the first time since COVID last off season and see family and friends. And I think he's just in a better place. Mm -hmm. And you you know how much of the game is a mental side of the game and the human element of it as well. Um, Physically he was in great shape finally um, as much as he can be. So I watched a lot of sharks games this year and he controlled the tempo of the game in a way that no one else does, really. And that's peak Eric Carlson. That's what he was doing back in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, four years from now, like how much can he continue to do this going forward at his age? I don't see any reason next season why it shouldn't be. I had a great debate with somebody who I have a lot of respect for in hockey as well, where I said you know, part of the reason why he had so many points and did all this is because he was on a bad team, and he kind of had to, to be their offensive guy for them. If he's on Boston he probably doesn't have that many points because he doesn't have to be that guy. And but
1: is, is, is he still 75, 80-point Oh, guy for sure. Like, so, is, game, no question. amazing. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing.
2: So if you're a contending team looking to get him, I don't think the fair benchmark would be what he did this year. Mm-hmm. It's elite, control the game when you're on the ice, like puck possession monster, and he's better defensively than I think he gets credit for. So
1: as a Sabres market, we don't want Montreal to get him because the next two, three years. <laughs> what about Ottawa? Good. Is that Ottawa, love affair. It seems Toronto to still linger. like. I'm like, we don't want him in a team that the Sabres will compete with because despite yeah. the fact that defensively he can make some mistakes, mm-hmm. um, his offensive upside and his is is play controlling upside is way more than all the deficiencies. He's a
2: plus player for sure. And even on San Jose, which they were terrible last year, goals 4 percentage at 5-on-5 above 50%, expected goals above 50%. Everyone else on the team, when he wasn't on the ice, all of that was... Like this, right? Yeah. So, like, let alone the actual metrics that we look at of his real contributions. There's – yeah, he'll be well, fine. I mean, we've had a nice buildup.
0: Uh, it feels like Marty and I here in the first hour just, you know, trying to ramp up the excitement um, as far as this year's draft class, mm-hmm. and especially when it does seem like such a wide net as far as uh, players available for the Sabres. But we're most curious with you joining us here, like, how are how has has your view – of kind of scouting and or ranking um, you know prospects changed and grown with all the information available and and what are some of the determining factors you really really hone in on i ca- 'm going to give the audience a little sneak peek here. you 've got Oliver Moore up on your screen right now, so I do you you know he 's talking he 's a, he's a yeah. guy that obviously has has fallen into the potential for buffalo with based around speed, but Marty and I were just having this discussion okay, well, how do you actually compartmentalize and quantify speed like how does he use it and and where does he use it and where does it become most beneficial like take us through this this evolution of scouting as we approach night one of the draft
2: yeah it it is an evolution and um i I was telling you guys in the commercial we had a our company hosted an analytics uh, meetup last night so a lot of team uh, analytics people there and um
1: they're only there for the free food or they're there for the numbers
2: uh f- the free food went quick okay good uh, it did and, <laughs> free uh, food helps the numbers yeah. on the bottom line yeah, so like it, it, it doesn't We're, you know a good turnout free keeps, yeah. in this industry free food and beer you're gonna get people <laughs> you're gonna right get people. it doesn't matter so um but it was really good and i think sometimes at least in the media sense you get you know oh this is an analytics team this is an mm-hmm. analytics team and there's a few like it really is used a lot especially at this time of year by almost every team mm-hmm. um and they're very capable at this point as well so There's a lot that goes into it. The the one thing that I would impress, I guess, is um, I I would and look, I I work for the company, right? The sport logic. Uh, I'm a big believer in what we do. Obviously, there's no one answer. This is great information. It's tremendous information that goes into the decision making process. It's nothing to say like fire all your scouts because we got this now, mm-hmm. um, or vice versa. You need both, and both are tremendously valuable, so for us it's helpful, I would say um, as a as a, a benchmark of you know if let's say you're the director of, of amateur scouting and you're like, we've got this guy twenty fifth and I come to you and I say, well, we've got this guy eighth well let's figure out the difference yeah. together and get fill in as many gaps as we
1: can together and that's what that's what people are doing How well, do can you, you give us well, a little... first of all, like I just duffer you said, remember to ask this so. I talk about the Sabres and Kevin Adams and Jerry Fortin have been talking about hockey IQ and speed. Now, is there metrics that you can look at when you look at analytics that will give you an indication of hockey IQ and speed, or is it more, you got to watch the game because no high danger chances. um, You know, uh, how do you score above your expectations Mm -hmm. or less and systematic play, maybe more uh, data driven. But hockey IQ and speed, is that data-driven as well? It, to a point,
2: yes. It, it doesn't replace the being in the rink and watching the, the, everything unfold. Um, but it, absolutely, there's that component to it where we have inputs that we'll put into a model that, to quantify hockey sense the best that we can. Okay. And there's value in that. You know, does this player um, make the right play on an entry or, or, or the highest probability play on an entry or a pass or a shot? Those are all things that would go into the way that you think the game right more or less so we can do that to a point and you can take that and say okay this is what we've got like i've literally got hockey sense as a as a thing here that we're looking at um but again it requires the human element as well of of, okay well what team do they play for who does he play with Mm -hmm. what are they trying to do in terms of their system that they play um to to fill it all in and and ultimately get the most holistic view that you can what does oliver moore present in your eyes when you look at his
0: chart that's in front of you right now. Like yeah. what, are the, what are the standout things? And then maybe we can go into a few others that, that might be in the Sabres realm. But, uh, but you know, just as people want to understand what you're looking at and evaluating a player, what do you see there?
2: Yeah, the skating is the thing that jumps off the yeah. charts, right? And you watch him and you, you see that as well. But it, it, the same with what we value. Um, I think if he's there for Buffalo at 13, that would be a really interesting pick i don't know that he will be there but if he is absolutely somebody to, to consider um guy who knows how to get to the right areas of the, of the ice um and as a good shot uh, he's a he's a great player we saw what he did um you know with the u.s team and, and his yeah. line mates and everything and uh, if he's there at 13 it's like you know again i don't want to call him undersized like he's a little less than six he's a, you know um but taller than bedard That's the thing. Bedard is like, (laughs) we're going to (laughs) start picking apart every other guy that's not six feet tall. Haven't we always?
0: Honestly, I can't get the picking apart of John Tavares from like, you know, with over 15 years ago i mean it even though he was an exceptional talent by the time john got drafted it was like could we stop picking apart this young man like i, I felt know. bad for him and guess what all he's done has been a point-of-game guy over the course of his career like yeah he was going to figure it out And the and the hockey iq guys always figure it out even if their shot isn't elite or their skating isn't elite The the hockey iq changes the dynamic and elevates the yeah guys.
2: and again these are kids right they've got a long ways to go um i think you know conversations i've had with people in hockey the work that i've done i think you can improve hockey sense to a point mm-hmm. where you can improve a shot or even skating technique probably more of course. It, right so uh would you value hockey sense in a young player maybe more than things that you think developmentally we can absolutely get this guy farther along probably it's a good thing to to look at um you know, I wonder like Nate Danielson's a guy I really like. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he'll be available uh at, at at 13 for Buffalo. Um kind of an Elias Lindholmy type, you know, complete player. Whoever the Sabres get at 13, they're getting a good player. Mm-hmm. Like w- w- however it shakes down, it just it's it's going to depend on who's around. Uh, but do you think
0: they should keep it or should they trade right now and try to enhance the current roster based on the fact that almost everyone seems like they should be in the market for a top 4-D. So if you're thinking that, then trading the 13 would seemingly get you that top 4-D.
2: Yeah, and this is where it gets interesting for Buffalo, right? Because a few years ago, it's like, we got to build this thing up. Yeah. But then you start getting a little frisky with like, oh, we were close last year to getting in. We really like the progression of our young guys. Do we start kind of going for it now? And um, there's been teams that have kind of expedited the process because they've just gotten there quicker than they thought they would. Mm-hmm trading 13 like outright he's gone for a roster player i don't know if i'd go that route i still think you're getting a really good player at 13 i still think (laughs) buffalo is like building towards bigger and better consistent perennial playoff team and also eventually cup contender but that's
1: the the debate again is how do you compare the numbers that you get through sports logic and 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 really digging into the numbers and say this is an nhl player and there is the the data that we're getting that we are going to study and the prospect and their data. How do you compare those two and put them on the same platform to be able to evaluate? Are are they different just because of the, maybe you don't get as much uh, available numbers at the junior rank or in the European Mm -hmm. ranks, or or do you get the same things, the same type of reports for both prospect and NHL players?
2: Yeah. uh, Us now, we have um, more data from more leagues and more complete data than we've ever had. We have a full CHL, um, uh, USHL. We've got more than we've ever had. So it, in terms of comparing guys uh at, at their same ages, it's very useful, helpful in terms of project. Is that what to, you do like
1: if you look at a prospect, Adam Fentilli let's say that, and you say, Okay, well let's compare him to player x at the same age that is now a bona fide superstar in the nhl do you do that and go back in years and see how to compare them at the same age
2: uh that's a great exercise and it's something that now that we've had several years of complete data we're start we're able to do more completely than we ever have and that's the way to do it it's not to say hey this guy's you know junior stats look a lot like brayden point's nhl stats okay that's not apples to apples but what was Braden point doing it that's exactly it right um, and that's, so
1: Rasmus Dalin in a few years will be like compared to the – what did Rasmus Dalin do in his draft year compared right. to a potential first overall defenseman? And then they'll use that to be able to compare a little bit of the – One
2: way to do it, yeah. And the, the other way is to evaluate um, and account for leagues. So you could mention a guy like uh, Adam Fantilli. Yep. Um, you could mention Oliver Moore who played, you know, U.S. You could mention, uh, you know, Dvorsky, wh- whatever – um, you can kind of look at scoring rates, which is a, a pretty surface level thing, at least and account for league strength and try to make it as apples to apples as you can. It's in, again, an inexact science here, but, um, there's a lot of ways to try to account for these things to try to benchmark, okay, these players are coming from different places, different quality of competition, teammates, et cetera. How can we try to level that as much as we can? Also, again, like you said, what were NHL guys, um, with similar profiles at that age, what are they doing now? And is that a way to look at it? This is
1: really interesting because now you're talking about league strengths and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to – today is One Word Tuesday here on Sabres Live. So um, I've actually petitioned the Sabres brass to draft more players from the queue um, because I said the best players are from Quebec league. (laughs) Uh, But if I was to tell you the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, for example, what's the one word that would come up when it comes to um, something that stands out about that league?
2: Offense. Offense, offense. Hey! Okay. What about
1: the OHL?
2: Um, God, see? Top of my head. I, yeah. see? I don't know. The OHL's hard Too many me. things. The,
1: the OHL's hard. Yeah, I don't know probably that probably that the one thing. Probably the more rounded thing. Yeah. And what's Western? What's the WHL? Well, Farm boys. Farm boys, like big, strong, <laughs> <laughs> and intangible, intangible. Sure, okay. sure. Well, I'm going to sure. say, like, for example, what about the players that are playing NCAA? What mm-hmm. is the one word that you would say about that league?
2: Uh... I mean, it's gotten a heck of a lot better I'll, over I'll go recent with years. That's for sure. Growth, yeah, maturity. Because that's a, it's a right, exactly. League, yeah. Like
1: Matthew Wood, Matt, Matthew, Matthew Wood, at Connecticut, was the youngest player in the NCAA this year. How do you look at the numbers and compare them to other players in the NCAA? when he is the youngest player playing against 23 24 year olds there like is that an exercise that's hard to do um
2: it's necessary and like i don't mean to like not give answers you talk about these yeah. leagues i just don't really generalize like you can we all know about the q right and what it kind of yeah. is i love that you yeah.
1: said offense the q has got offense right. yeah. but we so should generalize at, at, i think that's the whole point and you also could look at goaltenders Well, maybe it's past that but you can also look at goaltenders in that way
2: sure hey if you're an agent for goalie in the q you say hey it's a high scoring league my yeah. guy's really good yeah, exactly um, But players are different and there's players that are elite offensive players in other leagues or whatever. I don't, that's why, but I understand your point. Um, Yeah. Age is a consideration. I mean, there's a player this year um, who has been through the draft once already, who who will likely be somewhat of a high pick. And we factor in the fact that he is a year older. Um, So while he might have very impressive metrics in a lot of areas, you do consider the fact that he's got a year on some other guys and, Um, All those things that go into the equation of essentially trying to make this as apples to apples as you can, even though it isn't, Mm -hmm. um, to just get an objective view of what the player kind of is now, where you think it can translate. Um, But that's the fun part, talking to scouts as as well, um, and people in hockey that don't come from this background, is getting their viewpoint on what translates and what doesn't um there are guys now that might have great kind of counting stats and metrics of puck possession all these things that we know wow if you could do that in the nhl you're a superstar Mm -hmm. maybe you have deficiencies in your game that aren't going to allow you to do that in the pro game Mm -hmm. um this is why it's you know it's a big puzzle piece
0: um mike and mike kelly from nhl network is with us in sport logic of course um as we have our one word tuesday here and we've asked people you know what they you know kind of the traits uh that they would like to see in the Sabres first pick tomorrow at thirteenth overall, as you can imagine, there's still a large component, and especially after what we saw in the Stanley Cup final, um, a large component of fans that want to see physicality, toughness. truculence, toughness, toughness, whatever you name. So I ask you among your analysis, is there growth <laughs> in finding ways to quantify that. How do, you, how do you view traits like that within numbers, and, and what do you see?
2: Well, height and weight uh, yeah, would be a starting the point. The basics, <laughs> yeah. The basics. Um, but I'm always careful with that, and I, I, the sense that I've got kind of being down here and talking to people is I don't know that there's such an appetite for smaller guys uh, because of what Vegas has done and because mm-hmm. of what Florida had done. And it is a copycat league. And, um, you know, you, you could look at players like, um, you know, Zach Benson and, and Brandon Yeager. Those are smaller guys, super skilled guys, like on talent alone, surefire top 10 picks, mm-hmm. you know, like Benson in, in terms of talent could be a five or a six, but is he mm-hmm. going to go there? Because that perceived thing at least might work against him, given the climate. um, it's a consideration, but like Ryan Leonard is kind of the maybe the that guy who can be that big kind of physical you know player that teams would be seeking right now. Maybe he goes a little higher than than um, otherwise. But uh, sure, puck battles. Um, yeah, there, there's there's things we can quantify like just engagement physically in in different areas of the game mm-hmm. um, that can give you a sense of of a player. And look, I br- I brought up Braden Point before. Like that's the one thing you could say okay, there's a really talented player who's 5'10 and he's a center. How many 5'10 centers are in the NHL? Mm-hmm. There's not many. Um, but there's exceptions to rules. Braden Point is consistently at the top of the league in terms of engaging and in winning puck battles every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a big guy. So there's a skill as well um, – I, I try not to get too hung up on the whole size thing because well, we've just well, seen too you, many exceptions to the rule as well.
1: But, but, like, if you could have quantified that, let's see when Matthew Kachuk was drafted. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, he went six overall. I just pulled it up because I'm like, who was in front of him again? Obviously, Austin Matthews was number one. There was no debate. He was going to be there. But then went Patrick Laine, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Yessi puy Oli Ulevi, and then Matthew Kachuk.
0: That's a tough one for the—
1: Vancouver Canucks yeah. with Oli yeah. Um uh, It's also a tough one with the Edmonton Oilers with Jesse Puri-Yarvi. I mean, yeah. can you imagine Connor McDavid, Matthew Kachuk, Leon Draisaitl on that team? Uh, but yeah. was there an aspect of Matthew Kachuk's game that could not be quantified through data that should have been able to and probably put him in the top three, right? And maybe second overall when you redo the draft.
2: Uh, I'd have to go back and look at that specific yeah. example. I'm not sure. I mean, the thing with uh, the Kachucks, um, Brady's the same thing, I was, right? So, so here's where I was wrong. Um, I was I, I was. I thought Brady went higher than I, I expected. Okay. Not by much, but um, he's turned out to be everything and more you could hope him to be, yeah. right? Right. Um, Matthew's a more skilled player. They're both incredibly effective, great players, and, and bring similar elements in certain ways, but um, the. the here's the thing with like Matthew, we saw what he just went through. He's, his arms in a sling. I was yeah. talking to him last night. Like he's, yeah, he, was, he was, he couldn't dress himself and he's playing. Yeah. How do you quantify that? Yeah. Right. Um,
1: you can't, you can't he can't, you know, he has a cracked sternum and he's still playing pain, you know, like, pain threshold. Yeah. Well, one, that's one it's to 10, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know,
2: they come from Keith and we know what Keith yeah. was as a player. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's bloodlines there that, yeah, you could probably be pretty sure these guys are going to be warriors and, and that's what they turned out to be. Um, there's no perfect way to do it, mm-hmm. and you know somebody who uh, has a lot of experience in this field uh, put it to me once. The only thing he's certain of is he's going to be wrong every year. Uh, yeah, uh, and <laughs> you're going to be right sometimes too. Um, but that's what makes it fun for me yeah. is is trying to get as far along as you can to make the best um, picks possible as often as possible, which still is not a lot. Yeah. Sabres pick 13th tomorrow, and then on
0: day two, uh, right out of the blocks with picks 39 and 45. We'll see how it plays out. Mike, great to see you today.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Mike
0: Kelly from NHL Network and Sport Logic. We'll continue our Sabres live coverage from Nashville, site of this year's draft, right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours